Welcome in everyone to episode 64, and you heard that right, it's episode 64 of the Battle Cats podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Pang, joined by my co-host, BDS Chief 2. How's it going, Caleb? I'm really excited for episode 64 because we got everything sorted out, and we actually have a very special guest today as well, correct? Yes, that's correct. And you're right. We did get it sorted out. I did a recount of all the episodes uploaded, and somehow we had two extra episodes somewhere added in that we never actually recorded over the past year and a half or two years. So uh, we have the right episode number now. Um, so we're actually on episode 64. So just a little step closer to that magical number, episode 70. But before we get there... <laughs> We do have a special guest, and we mentioned this last time. And, you know, the fun fact is um, uh, no one no one guessed the correct guest uh, in our little contest. So uh, mm-hmm. we, will, we will continue picking our own guests for the near future. But we did have some interesting guesses, and maybe we'll consider them for future episodes. But uh, without further ado, we have our guests and very special guests for our episode the world champion of Pokemon Go PvP, Dancing Rob. How are you doing, Dancing Rob? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm doing good. Cool, cool, awesome. So a quick question before we get too far into it, because I'm sure people are wondering. Uh, these are probably two main questions that you maybe get pretty often these days. So the first question is, is your real name Rob? And the second question is, do you like to dance? My real name is Rob. It's short for Robert, which okay. is like a pre- it's a pretty common name here in Germany. And yeah, I'm uh, basically when I started, I was like uh, dancing professionally in like a dancing formation. And yeah, due to the pandemic, it's like not happening anymore. But originally, I I used to dance a lot. Yes. Oh wow, that's awesome. Uh, what what kind of dance was it? Oh, it was like a show dance of a few Latin dances like salsa, rumba, and yeah, we had like a group of like 20 people and we were like dancing at big, big events. Wow. wow. Okay. I actually didn't know that too. Um, and I've known yeah, about Rob for... It's actually really cool. Quite a few it years. Is. Yeah. So now he's just dancing around his opponents in PvP. So um, exactly. still doing some type of dancing. <laughs> uh, before we get too far into questions, I saw earlier on Twitter, like literally like a few minutes ago before we started, you caught 100% uh, Katagami uh, literally just now, which is kind of wild. It was your first raid too. So yeah, yeah. some world champion luck I see happening already. <laughs> it is. I like caught a Hundo DD too and a Hundo Zacian and a Hundo Semizanta till uh, since, since oh. in the last three and a half weeks or something like that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's been quite yeah, it's been quite a month for you so far. Um but before we get into all that and you know you becoming world champion and everything in Pokemon Go PP, um tell us a little about your history with Pokemon Go and maybe the other Pokemon games. Was Pokemon Go the first Pokemon game you played, or uh, does it go even further than that for some of the other games? Um, I basically started playing the main series game back in elementary school in 2009, I think, uh, with Pokemon Platinum, which was like the first edition I got for Christmas from my father. And yeah, basically since then, I like started playing all generations from Gen 4 onwards. And also, like, replaying Gen 2 and 3. I'm, like, only missing Gen 1 that, like, most of people are playing or love mm-hmm. to play, I think. And here, I'm also excited, yeah, to play then Scarlet and Violet. And, yeah, I'm still up also for the main series game. But, like, Pokemon Go is my passion now. Yeah. So, did you ever do any, like, competitive... Uh, VGC in the past, or uh, you mostly just kind of did playthroughs uh, and stuff? Like, mostly playthrough. Like, I mm-hmm. was thinking a little about it and playing a little bit of like Pokemon Showdown, but only casually. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's awesome to hear. Um, that probably dates me and Speedy a little bit because we're old users <sighs> here. So, <laughs> we, man, we, I, I we felt started I, f- at- <laughs> I felt yeah, a gray ahead. hair. 
I felt a gray hair <laughs> sprout when he said, yeah, he said, I started this generation. I didn't really play generation one. I mean, that's, you know, what Caleb and I come from is the first generation. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see a player come in around 2009 and not to date myself too much, but that was when I was, uh, you know, finishing my high school <laughs> in elementary. So there's that. Yes. Yeah, I'm in the same boat there, but nice to be young for sure. Um, did you did you play Pokemon Go right when it dropped in 2016, or uh, did you pick it up kind of later? Well, I played it like in 2016 for for a few weeks, like everyone did, and mm-hmm. but then I like did my mid end of my high school, and I dropped it and just went to university in 2018. And yeah, back uh, in use in university where I found new friends at this like start of 2019, and everyone was uh, they were like playing Pokemon Go. Some recently, some were like playing uh, since 2016, and then yeah, they told me like to pick it up again. It's like pretty different now, but of course better. And yeah, then I tried it out again, and that's where history started. Like I'm still here three and a half years later. Yeah. <laughs> It did um was Pokemon Go PP already uh implemented when you picked it back up or was it Yeah, uh, it will like I think it started like in end of two thousand eighteen, but yeah, when I started I was like the normal general casual player who was like going for a few handles, doing some raids, getting a few shinies, but I pretty much uh, quickly um where we also had like a big local soft community back then. Mm-hmm. uh yeah we, like all of my friends also said like yeah let's start pvp that's like the only part of the game where you don't really have to be always lucky and like you can try uh how good your skill is and stuff like that and yeah then like two or three months later i started with my first self tournaments and that's mm-hmm. like where where my kind of competitive pvp uh history started yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. So for those that are listening, maybe some people are new first time listeners of the Battlecast podcast, uh, or just are not as familiar with some of the grassroots organizations of Pokemon Go PP. Sil- Silf Arena um started back in pretty much as far back as in early uh, like late December of twenty eighteen slash early January twenty nineteen when they're beta testing and uh different tournament formats with show six formats. So that's how a lot of players have experience with the show six pick three format that play Pokemon uses uh, this year, but it's been around since uh, pretty much early 2019, January, 2019. Um, and Rob clearly has been around since even the early days, even after, even if you didn't play the first few months, I actually did some research there. Um, and I saw that your first Sylph season one cup was nightmare cup. Yeah. And it seems like once you started there, you just like never went back. Cause uh, it, you just kept playing like every single tournament ever since then. Uh, maybe with the exception this season, but um, you know, but that was because it played Pokemon, I assume, right? Yeah, mainly it just went a little bit. It was just a little bit too much. Um, yeah, I also had like my last year of university this year, and that's where I wanted to focus on. Okay. Oh well, congrats, congrats. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I I did see yeah a lot of you know tournaments um they participate in in self too, and I think uh. Yeah, quite, uh, quite. You can see the the growth in um, experience in PP as well if you track through the cups, which is really cool. Um, so I think the first time I heard of your name uh, was actually through uh, the Go Stadium team tournaments, uh, which uh, they used to have a team format uh, called Go Team Up. I heard they might be making a comeback in the near future, but we'll see on that. But uh, the team formats. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I, th- this particularly stuck out to me because um, myself and um, AJ Pilots, uh, also known as uh, Squawk Dirty to me, we casted, uh, I believe, the finals uh, of the Go Team Up tournament. Um, and uh, I believe you were in this one. Maybe it wasn't the first season or second season, uh, but you're on a team called Grotesque Sausages. Am I correct? Yeah. That was okay. yeah. I, pl- I played like the first two or three go teamers with like my local people, uh-huh. but yeah, then then the our our team like dissolved, and I was searching for a new one. And yeah, the grotesque sausages with the captain Ripley and also Leandro, and 
I just forgot who the last one was, but yeah, I should have known. <laughs> I should know. <laughs> but yeah, they asked me like for for the pretty much. I think it was the fifth goatee map. Yeah, and yeah, that that was also the one we were we were clutching out, and we were able to win pretty pretty closely. Yeah, I I, I just remember so briefly because I was, I was so vividly because I was thinking like grotesque sausages. I'm really curious what that logo looks like i think it was like gengar mm-hmm. holding a sausage or something or in his teeth so um it was it was interesting to say at least and i remember yeah you all winning um one of the go team up tournaments and uh you know uh eventually participating in go team up worlds as well that uh later that year too so that was really cool to see i was like wow i was like these, oh, these are some really strong german players you know i think back then if you think about German players, everyone just thought about the Nut ninety three. Uh, who these days, I, yeah. I hear he's retired, but you know, I hear that every other week. So who knows? But <laughs> um, I was like, wow, I was like German stack with some really strong players. Um, and then I saw that eventually you all did join. Um, I did create a factions group too called uh, Gorilla Garbodors, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly, we were um, a German, purely German faction uh, originally, but. Yeah, sadly, a few players from Germany they uh, stopped playing and mm-hmm. quit completely. So we were looking more like internationally, and yeah, um, we're we're like in the highest European um, uh, tier, and we're doing great this season. We we are like uh, leading so far. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, again, it was a, it was a name that stuck out to me too. So I was always. I was always noting it, and then you know when I saw a lot of the grotesque sausages members uh, on the team too, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so, you're definitely, definitely very high up there. So based on those two names, Rob, it, it almost feels like there's kind of like a theme, right? Like grotesque sausages or gorilla garbodors, right? Like you're really just kind of like aggressive, going after it. Is that how you kind of define your play style or your approach to it? Do you just kind of, uh, I don't know, just out? kind of out muscle your opponent or do you have uh <laughs> do you have like a different approach or is it just a funny name that you chose mm, uh yeah we, we were basically trying to be funny with the guerrilla gabardors just like okay. uh, doing an alliteration and uh yeah the grotesque sausages wasn't my idea that's what was like <laughs> the, the team I, I simply joined but i can ask if my friend how how he came up with that name i'm pretty sure he thought of something funny there Hey, I uh, mean, it's a it's a pretty good name. I was when I first saw that the name changed. I was like, wait, you all had a great name, but you know, maybe it was <laughs> it was different people that did that. So I can't really be too mad. Um, I do remember seeing a lot of um, gifs as well of like Gorilla Garbodors. Whenever you all beat opponents, um, yeah, there was we, we were winning someone, like someone the second stuff. second cycle of yeah. Emerald. I think we won. Yeah, and I think um, I remember one specific one where you all beat like Team Grookey and. It was like a Garbodor, like, you know, knocking out a Grookey or something and bringing it to, like, the graveyard or something wild. That was actually funny. Yeah, I was I was like, wow, these these guys really know how to celebrate after a win. I was I, uh, I was like, yeah, we, we didn't we weren't able to pull that kind of stuff off um, in North America. But um, that's awesome. Um, are you are you still are you still playing in the uh, factions um this current cycle for grill garbodors or are you kind of i am uh, I'm, okay i'm actually trying out master league for the first time oh uh, okay uh, all right just so... just because like no one else wants to do it and our former captain jbg wins and uh quit pokemon go for for like a few months because he he has like lots of stuff with with his work and mm-hmm. pretty much uh, can play at the moment so yeah, I I like used all the uh, raids I did in the few last few months. Used all my rare candy XL to build like a few Pokemon, and so far I've been winning all my matchups. And we'll and I'm still staying in Master League for a little now and seeing and like seeing how it goes. Oh, that's incredible! Yeah, well, I mean, you listed off like four Hundos, uh, Hundo legendaries in the <laughs> like earlier a few minutes ago. So I'm sure. You have you have potentially the resources now, but that's that's pretty awesome to see. Um, what um, I'm curious to hear too, because you know you started 
pretty much complained competitively in PP back in probably around May of uh, 2019 in Sylph. Um, what, you know, so obviously you've been at it for a while, right? Like, it's not like you just started picking up PvP this past year and, you know, suddenly just won Worlds. There's definitely a lot of preparation, a lot of work, um, mm-hmm. playing a bunch of different formats, right? Individual formats in Sylph, the team formats and go team up and Sylph factions as well, um, and now play Pokemon. What advice would you give to other players that are, you know, kind of looking to improve? I, they just started PvP or they've been playing for a couple of years, but they're just you know, not maybe not finding the rhythm they want. Yeah. So basically, even though I'm like the world champ now, back when I started in May 2019, I of course had like a few tournaments that that went pretty badly. I had like one round, a four rounder where I lost my first three matchups all and like got a bye in the last round, which basically had me like I didn't win a single matchup there. But yeah, still I had like fun with my friends and I was uh, talking with them, creating teams and like basically for for like the first year till like mid-2020, I was just like playing a little bit casually and with my friends. And yeah, when I had a little bit more time then I like started improving my battle skills. I was more looking at PvPoke. I was like trying to improve watching a few YouTube videos from lots of known names like King IV or No Tactical and like improving my skills. And yeah, it's basically like you don't have to like start perfectly in 2019 like the Nut93 did. You probably see it even better at Emmy Weedle who's like playing since only uh, basically like nearly a year he has like 25k catches or something like that which which some people do like in two months mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah like basically it's it's a lot of work that some people don't see at first if you want to play consistently at the top level but it's definitely never, never too late to start and there's like a lot of options how you can improve your gameplay yeah i like that you highlight too that uh, you know, someone like Niwido only has 25,000 catches, which for some people, that's still a lot of catches, right? But uh, for others um, that have been playing for years, you know, they might have over 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, etc. Um, and it's a lot of resources, but even even starting, you know, just a year into it, you can definitely build a very strong roster uh, to win as well. And for those that don't know, Niwido is um, the world champion of the seniors division too. Uh, which, you know, the competition was uh, very strong still, just maybe not as many people, but still the opponents, I mean, we don't went against were no joke as well, too. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would see, love to see a showdown between Rob and Miwido as well. Have you have you oh, battled yeah. Miwido in the past, Rob? Not a single time so far, but I recently added him to my friend list and definitely oh. looking forward to do something with him. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's I'm sure a lot of people want to see that. Um, and I know for the upcoming uh, play Pokemon season that uh, I believe was, is really starting this upcoming weekend, actually. Um, I know there's a regional in Baltimore, but I believe there's a regional uh, at yeah, least somewhere in Europe as there, well. Right? There's also one in, in Latam in Sao Paulo in Brazil and also mm-hmm. one in Spain in Bilbao. So there's basically like three regionals uh, on one weekend now. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I love it, too, because kicking it off in multiple places in the world, not not just in North America, is really cool uh, to see. So, yeah, it's it's kind of wild to think that after this upcoming weekend, there'll be, what, six people or at least three-plus people, I don't depending on how they want to do qualifications, that already qualify for Japan Worlds in 2023. But, um, but yeah, before we go all the way into Worlds, too... Um, Take us into your experience with play Pokemon. Um, you, you pretty much. I mean, I guess the same. We can say the same thing. You pretty much qualified to Worlds uh, through one tournament, which was the Europe International Championships, right in Frankfurt, Germany. It was like um, when the play Pokemon series started uh, at the start of this year. I like wasn't even sure if I was if I want to participate, just because the state of the game was a little bit iffy around that time. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's perfectly consistent and good, and I'd say it's good now, uh, which is like the difference. But yeah, uh, then uh, we like watched the like basically a lot of people watched like the first um, regional in Liverpool, which was like in the end of March, 
and we just had like one guy, I think it was Azurai, like uh, put picking up his phone and like as um, streaming the the winners grand finals between mm -hmm. Lurgan Rocket and Satistan, and we had like three thousand people or something like that watch just watching over Azurai's shoulder just because it. <laughs> felt so hyped to just to like have a regional champion and a regional runner up and yeah that's basically where, where everyone felt like uh, Pokemon Go starts to be really competitive and it's like it's like an esports now and where everyone was gonna hype it up and yeah then like Frankfurt was three weeks later than that and mm -hmm. it's basically like 80 kilometers away from me in southern Germany which is like a one day trip for like I can go there pretty much in like one and a half hours or something like that. So I was basically sure just to go there for like the community, meet like a few players I haven't met and that I'm really looking forward to see. And yeah, basically went there with like no expectation, knowing there are other big names that can win it all. And yeah, basically the first day went pretty well. I had like um, an easier bracket than most people had and I sadly went to losers bracket against my uh, Garbodos teammate Frico mm -hmm. who beat yeah. me in the winners finals but at least I was able to win like four matchups to go through winners finals first and, you know then barely qualified to top eight and then won the two or three needed uh, necessary matchups to barely get my world's invite at, at day two which was incredible at that point because like I I had like uh, my end of university like in between May and mid of August and my thesis and stuff like that so I was basically focusing on that and couldn't like play any further wins so I was pretty happy that I clutched it out on the one tournament that I played. Yeah, that's incredible. And you end up facing Frika, I believe, in the losers' uh, finals too, which. Uh, myself and speedy were casting and we both freaked out oh, because man. you all tied on game five of the losers finals oh, i remember which was incredible <laughs> um and it was it was the first i think it was the first tie we've ever seen on stream for play pokemon too for pokemon go uh, which mm -hmm. was a pretty big moment i think too i actually didn't think about it that's crazy yeah, yeah. I, I personally was really hoping for a tie on a game five in the grand finals of at Worlds. I know it didn't happen, but I was like, that would be perfect uh, because I know you experienced one too in EUIC, and uh, yeah, that would have been hype. But um, yeah, we can talk about Worlds in a second there too. But yeah, that was that was cool. So you end up facing Frika twice, essentially. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about facing him twice because. <laughs> I, I kind of threw uh, on day one, and I definitely could have won there. And yeah, basically on day two, I basically made all of great plays, but like he had a big team comp advantage, and he had like uh, Skarmory Registeel core, when basically no one was running fire or like Skarmory at all. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it was a tough one, and we also had like a few gaming errors and stuff like that, but nothing too crazy, and yeah, overall, I, I was pretty happy then anyways because I already had my Worlds invite. But also a little bit sad because I missed out on the Traveler Award, but it all went out fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Rob, I wanted to ask you, based on your previous experience, it seems that you are constantly learning, adapting, changing, and growing. Um, your experience at EUIC, how do you feel like that helped you to prepare for Worlds? And do you feel like as a player, you grew a lot between EUIC and Worlds? Oh, I think definitely. Like uh, after EUIC, like in my free time, I still like, I couldn't watch the live streams of the other regionals, most of them live, but I like tried to rewatch all of it and just looked like what the, what players are qualifying, what they are playing, like, we definitely had like a few meta shifts over, over the just a few months that that we had like we had players like Rise and Dune both bringing Obstagoon at one of the North American regionals, which like basically it wasn't possible at the UIC. Like no one was playing that. Everyone was playing Azu, which basically wasn't wasn't there anymore. We had like Cindy uh, um, sweeping her regionals with with the Shadow Canto Ninetales and a few other Pokemon that 
really like changed the matter and you, pr you probably also see it on my world's team that there's like some pokemon similar to my uic team because i like to run them anyways i'm comfortable running them i really love them how they also like still fit in the current meta mm -hmm. and yeah we're basically picking up the swampert uh registry uh no not uh, the swampert medicham and the alola ninetales again and then like with the rest of the team trying to like still read the meta picking up the shadow venusaur because it was like a great safe swap against at least three of the players i faced and also picking up the Lickitung over the sableye being too afraid of people running charmers now like basically no one ran charmers at uic which also was different at world championship mm -hmm. and yeah like i had to pick give up skarmory for glare and stunfist just because i felt like skarmory i didn't need any flyers and i was pretty right not needing any flyers so yeah definitely the meta changed and i think i adapted well to it yeah i remember when i was casting uh uic uh, i noted the alone night tales you brought which was pretty i feel like pretty unique for that tournament there weren't you're right like there weren't really any charmers uh besides really the one you brought and uh i feel like since then or at least since Maybe after the first North America regionals, Alone Ninetales has been pretty popular on a lot of teams. And, um, you know, at Definitely. first, I think when looking at it, I was like, like Alone Ninetales is so risky, especially with Registeel being so strong, Glenn Stumpfisk, and, you know, Nidal Queen being everywhere. But it's actually still very, very strong, too. I mean, you'd be surprised how many mm -hmm. times people are able to overcome even Registeel with it, especially because no one really runs Flash Cannon on it anymore. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, definitely like... some big meta shifts. That's actually a pretty good point because, like, my USC team, I pretty much built with my GBL team, which was Alola, Ninetales, um, Sableye, and Umbreon at that point. And, like, playing a double dark and, like, trying mm -hmm. to, uh, like, pick up coverage for the fighters with the Alola, Ninetales. And then I also found out about the Shadow Swampert, which also wasn't any popular so far. And, like, basically, no one was running grass. Like, few people were already playing Trevenant, but it wasn't that popular, and, like, basically no one was playing any other grass types. So Swampert was safe pretty much everywhere, and uh, in every matchup, and then Swampert was after USC everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really was, too. Um, yeah, really, really interesting meta shift if you talk well. to If you talk to two of Butters, he'll say your Shadow Swampert, like, inspired him. He says it's the best closer in all of Open Great League. No question, no debate. I mean, do you agree? Do you think it's the best closer Pokemon, or do you just kind of think it fills a role when you need it to? Uh, you don't always see me, like, setting up the Swampert, trying to go for a close in certain area, but it often helps, like, because... Like, even if they have, like, Trevenant, you basically just need, like, a one-shield advantage. And because, like, two Hydrocanners barely KO, you can win the 1-0 shield and the uh, 2-1 shield. Like, just need the shield advantage, and you're you're even fine against the Grass-type, despite being uh, four times weak against mm -hmm. Grass as a Swampert, which is crazy. And, yeah, basically, if they don't have, like, a lot of fast-move pressure... Uh, you're pretty much safe in a lot of matchups. Yeah, yeah, though, and you don't see you don't typically see a lot of fast and pressure in uh, show six formats from from grass at least too. So that's definitely a really strong point. And you know, with the recent wall rain nerf too, um, Swampers probably even stronger now as well. So um, yeah, definitely, everyone takes some tips uh, from the world champion for sure. <laughs> Swampert now doesn't like Altaria, but. No, true. Helped. Yeah, it definitely helped that Warren was kicked out a little. Like, yes, yeah. yes, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I'm sure your little nine tails will love the uh, Altaria usage definitely. as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So taking it to London as well, you know, and you said that you're you're definitely working on a lot of stuff for university as well between then. So, um, seeing you on stage, uh, the the next time we see you is um at London Worlds too. How was that experience as a player too in the atmosphere, right? Because I don't think I'm trying to remember uh, if you were on stage at all for um, the first day. Uh, not, not obviously not the last chance qualifier, but the first day of the actual yeah. worlds competition. I, I know you were obviously on stage quite a bit on the second day. Um, but what was that experience <laughs> like? You know, uh, just being in the atmosphere, surrounded by all these, you know, uh, 
regional champions and like runner ups mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it was definitely crazy. Like I came there with basically no practice and like then seeing all of the big names that I just knew from watching them, like it's Axe and Rise and Doombuck and also the Asian players who were definitely that you definitely shouldn't underestimate, but also like other players who were who were just uh, as strong as I as I am and like have been practicing a lot. And yeah, basically like when at Worlds I had like zero expectation and was pretty much thinking from matchup to matchup. And I was on stream on the first day of the actual World Championship once in my second round against Rick Farion, from, okay. who, who was like winning the Australian regionals, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you, you see me like losing the first game and then barely winning the last two to not go into the loser's bracket at the very first, at the very end. But yeah, then I lost the second matchup against Lurgan, so I was in loser's bracket anyways. Yeah, it, it just was a great atmosphere in general. Like, basically everyone was watching the games from, from like, uh, watching the games together with all the others. And it was great. Yeah. It, it, you mentioned, too, the Asian players as well. Because I think, you know, some of the players, especially from North America and Europe, you're probably very familiar with uh, regularly in your battles. But uh, I know for me personally, I think for a lot of people, uh, we were not as familiar with um, some of the players from Asia too, specifically um, Goran Hada, who was the runner-up, and um, also uh, who yeah, was Crescent, Crescent Angels. Angels. Yes, Crescent, Crescent Angels got third place too, if if I'm not mistaken, exactly. right? And I think you had to, you you had to go through both of them too. You had to play best yeah. of fives against both of them, which was. Oh, um, uh, I was also playing like two other South Korean players, yeah, uh, JB Yang and also Booty. Yes. Still on day one, which were both like pretty, pretty great. Also, was and, was there anything about their play styles that was different that you picked up on, or that you remember, or were they just very, very talented? Like it's it's like hard to say because like there were basically no 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 good streams for the Asian regionals. I think there was like. A Facebook stream or something for one of them, but they were held held online anyway, so it was pretty tough to follow. And and it was in English, so we basically had only had the gameplay. But yeah, you know, playing them, they like uh, how I felt they were like always trying to be safe and not like playing any ABA uh, lines. So yeah, like basically instead losing a game if they're like facing a certain Pokemon, they were always trying safe they were they were much more like uh, counting perfectly than than lots of na or u players like you cannot like um irritate them or confuse them with like over farming and then they and then they think you know like you don't you don't have any energy left or something like that they were they're like their skill with counting and um like uh, move timing and and the, some of the skills that are like uh, important in the battle, they were like simply uh, outstanding there, which I didn't expect from from a, which I can't expect from a lot of the European and NA players. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very very incredible plays that we saw from them. Yeah, JP Ng as well was uh, one that I noted too. He. Um went two to zero against king on the first day too which is no easy yeah, feat as i remember well, and i think he had even both games bad leads against king yeah yeah i i just i remember specifically there were like wallring mirrors for a good chunk of both of those games too and that's <laughs> that's not a fun mirror that hopefully you won't see it too it much isn't. of in the future but uh, yeah, like i think kreskin angel also was like the only one who was like being able to catch against me and like outplaying me in a few games, like I mm. lost a few games just because like I called their lineup wrong or because um yeah basically I I picked like a Pokemon I shouldn't have picked and I should have picked another one, but yeah he was like one of the players who even won against me despite having like a elite disadvantage or something like that. Yeah. I don't I don't know if um I don't remember specifically if Crescent Angels did this to you or not, but I just remember specifically Crescent Angels being one of those players that would always catch moves when like it didn't make sense. Like he wouldn't catch when you had the energy. It would just always be like when you overfarmed. 
but you know, as as a player, like you just there's no way you can predict that, right? You have no idea. Like you're trying to throw them off by not throwing when you have the energy, and this guy's just going for catches when yeah. you're way over and like, a lot of yeah. times catching it, which is kind of crazy. Like all of the top players did a few catches, but he was like outstanding on a lot yeah. of catches, and also catching on one HP months and stuff like that. And yeah, he did incredible. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, no, it was incredible show too. And um, I, I heard, I saw on Twitter that you posted this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but you mentioned that because. Uh, you are the world champion now and the first ever world champion for Pokemon Go PvP uh, for Play Pokemon uh, officially. I guess we had the kind of the exhibition tournament with content creators back in 2019. Oh yeah, um, I remember. But I yeah, think like it wasn't open public, like only content creators. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Right. And only select yeah. few, yeah. Um, but you mentioned on Twitter that because you're the world champion, you, you get an auto-invitation to Japan next year, right? In Yokohama? I do. And yeah, that's like one of the first things I was joking about with the play Pokemon organizers. Like, uh, now I really have to qualify for Japan, and if I want to defend my title, and they were like, "What? Uh, you're you're auto qualified." Oh, yeah, that yeah. made me pretty happy, and yeah. I still need to await an answer from JP Adams if also have a traveler award. But if it's like the same as in VGC and in the other games then I also should get, like, a travel award. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I was going to say, you could just take a year off and we'll see you in a year, but it seems like <laughs> you're still on the grind and still catching Hundo legendaries and everything and doing team formats, <laughs> so uh, no no rest for the champion uh, as well. I'm pretty sure... I'm not sure whether Emmy Weedle also gets an auto-invite, but that's one of the things he also asks to... Uh, John Paul Adams and yeah he's he's just awaiting an answer right now so maybe he's also auto qualified yeah um I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier or not but for this upcoming season for those that may not know um there is no more senior and masters divisions it's all going to be one division for Pokemon Go which is different from TCG and VGC um but for Pokemon Go and I think that makes sense too because some of the best players in the world, um, they are in their seniors division too. And so uh, the differentiation between seniors and masters, I don't think is even really necessary. Exactly. Um, and that'll be interesting because we, we may we may see the showdown we're, we're all looking for is the, the showdown between the two world champions between the senior and masters in the future. Yeah, uh, I'd be excited to battle him, but yeah, basically almost everyone else too. And because they like combined the seniors and masters division and they started like the season in September already and not in March as last time. They like have more internationals, have more regionals. I think it's like thirteen for NA only and we have like ten in Europe and also a few wow. regionals at the other. So when you do the quick math, I think we have like 85 invites or something like that no it has oh to be straight like, like, like close to 90 possible invites and yeah not possible like they it will be around 90 players 80 to 90 players depending how many will come to japan but yeah it will be the biggest world championship ever next year yeah that's that's wild uh it's a it's like it's i can really see it being amazing too have, have you been to japan prior to this or no Never, and I'm so excited as a Pokemon fan. I really have to visit Japan. Yeah, bring some uh, empty suitcases for sure. Uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, don't be like we playing... don't be like butters and bring just like a carry on. Yeah, dude, that that was so hilarious. Everyone was joking like you need an extra suitcase for souvenirs, and people like myself said, "Ah, no way, I'll be fine." And then by the end of the trip, I'm like stuffing everything into my suitcase the right way, which is which is pretty nuts. But, yeah. Um, um, to London, I only I was thinking to like only bring a backpack and nothing else, and then my brother convinced me of just bringing a suitcase just in case, just in case if I got like some merch for participating. And here, then <laughs> basically I got like uh, three bags and uh, like ten plushies and also a few cards and T-shirts and stuff like that. And 
also the trophy and yeah right. i came there with like two two pieces of luggage and came back with like four pieces and they even had to like transport the trophy separately on the plane oh my god yeah uh, i couldn't believe it i don't i don't know if i told you this or not caleb but i, I actually ran into rob when he was on his way uh i was on my way to the train and you were also leaving the excel center and you had your your giant box with your trophy you had your bag you had your suitcase and everything and we chatted for a few minutes and i was just i was just amazed right because like you said rob you showed up to london you just kind of took what was given to you you played your best and it was just insane that it ended the way that it did right i mean just leaving with the trophy it's a great it's a great way to wrap things up right (laughs) definitely Yeah, you definitely earned it too because, you know, we mentioned game fives as well. You went to two separate game fives in the grand finals. You had to you had to beat Godan Hada in one set one set first to reset the bracket. Um, and you were able to beat him uh, in a best of in five games, right? On the fifth game. And then mm-hmm. and then it came down to the second set of fifth, fifth game. So pretty much ten battles with the same opponent <laughs> in a row, which is just uh incredible i mean at a certain point you just i don't even know how like people even keep their head straight because what strategy do you even do right because you've probably seen every strategy possible at that point you're just trying to figure out you know how they're going to adapt to it too and um, there's a lot of mind games i'm sure in that that whole set definitely like uh, i even was 2-0 in the first best of five but then he like uh, rps and outplayed me in the next few games and it was basically done after four games but mm-hmm. yeah then barely clutched out the fifth game and yeah mm-hmm. then then like tried to rethink and all of that stuff and yeah i was glad uh, mm-hmm. i i didn't want to take it to 10 games but <laughs> <laughs> i think I everyone else would yeah everyone watching probably want to see 10 games though yeah, yeah. i believe it they want to make it a little bit more exciting, but that's not what I wanted. I personally want yeah. to see 11 games, right? I want to see that tie on game five. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take 10. I'll take 10. Exactly. Rob, I, I think a lot of people are curious. I mean, you're very like uh, stoic. Uh, person i would say you're very you know composed you didn't lose your cool uh when you won you know you pumped your hands into the air and you celebrated but you know you weren't going crazy on stream or anything like that i think a lot of people are curious like what was going through your mind because you went 11 and 1 and then you're able to win the grand finals i mean were you just kind of living in the moment at the time or or how were you feeling yeah definitely just living in the moment like yeah it's felt incredible from from the very start that I did even reach uh, day two and here basically then I was clutching out every matchup some of them were really close and uh, they could have gone either way and here after like um, calling a few leads in the grand finals or like even just putting together teams that I felt like are gonna read him but then failing and yeah it was a little bit yeah like uh I couldn't think of a lot of things anymore, and here basically after I won, I was here yeah, pretty much happy. And yeah, after and you also probably see me in the interview, like uh, not realizing it at first. And yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's cool, and yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember to reset the bracket because you're coming from the loser's side. To reset the bracket, you got off that rock slide when the Altaria was just a one dragon breath away from the next sky attack. Did you know it was that close? At, at the very mm, end, I think it was game five. Actually, I'm pretty sure I, I even miscounted on the charge move before and like shielding the body slam too early. So okay. I was basically <laughs> not... Uh, like. It was one of the few games where my countings were a little bit off, and no, I basically like just threw at the latest moment possible uh, the matchup before, and then like basically threw when I had it. So I was a little bit lucky. Like uh, it could have been a turn later, and I might have lost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like in the second best of five, I was counting a little better and like always throwing at the last possible time and really looking at my gameplay. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that first best of five on game five was pretty incredible because uh, you, you definitely had the disadvantage going into that match. And I remember myself and Buttershire backstage, we were talking to um, Anna, who was 
uh, the person that presented the the awards and everything and um, did the winner's interview. And we're like, oh, it's like, yeah, I think I think it's probably going to end here. <laughs> like, it, it looks really hard <laughs> for Rob to win this. Um, so just get ready to interview Gordon Hada. And then we're like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like, there's actually a chance here. It's crazy. We're, we're like, wait, wait, Anna, you got to take a seat. There's going to be there's going to be at least three more games here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like even from because backstage we could see and, and also spectators too, right? We could see everything. We could see the entire three oh, yeah. Pokemon on both sides. We could see how much energy, how much health on everything, which is uh, twice as much, uh, if not more info than the players have um so the fact that we we couldn't even see uh, a win condition or you coming back from that uh, just really shows how incredible that fifth game was in that finals exactly. in that first grand final set and then you know obviously forcing the second one so definitely definitely incredible to see um but yeah so you know it was uh i think you went on quite the run um in the grand finals i think i did a tally you you end up going 11 in one i believe right uh i i don't know if you even remember or not at no, london i, I do uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it was a lot yeah, of next next time i don't lose that early i promise <laughs> 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 no like i think golden harder won the he got a bye and then won five matchups and was mm-hmm. in the grand finals and i didn't get a bye had to win won two matchups then lost one against lurgan and then had to win like another six matchups just just to go to the upper side of the bracket again and then still like or seven seven matchups i think i had to win and then like still win another two best of five in the grand finals yeah it's uh that that's the tough part about double elimination right if you get if you lose early on you have quite the gauntlet to run through too and um you definitely proved why you deserve the world champion title because you you definitely had to beat the most amount of opponents just to even get to that point. I even yeah. remember like doing a Twitter post um after the first day telling the people I'm happy about even reaching it. Like as on the first day, I went four to one against the best players of the world, which is also incredible. And then I I was joking like. If I really want to win it all, I just have to win like seven more matchups. And, yeah, how <laughs> hard can that be? <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you look at all of it, right, you look back at it and you look at the whole tournament run and it just feels overwhelming. If you would have sat down and told yourself, look, Rob, you're going to have to go 11 and one and you're going to have to play 10 games in the grand finals. And the first bracket reset comes down to a half second turn. You're just going to say, oh, my God, that's too much. But I think what you said earlier just really sticks. You were just living in the moment for every single one of those matchups. Definitely. And you know, back when I reached top 16 and you also get like some special merch and also like prize money, you you can be pretty satisfied just just to like reach top 16, top 12, top 8 and so on. And you're basically like no one will like tell you you suck because you only went to top 16 boosters or something like that. So basically you can like play all you can and like whatever you like and like of course try to win but always not. Like even when I was in the grand finals I said to myself even second place isn't that great. It isn't that bad for for a world championship and even if I don't win it it was a great experience. And, that's basically why I could, why I was so chilled at least in most of the matchups. It it was a little bit stressful in the grand finals at some games, but I I caught myself again. And yeah. yeah, yeah, you put on quite the show too. So um, I think that's what we all want to see. So very well deserved. Um, you know, on our on our segments um, in the Bowcats podcast, we always have a what's the tea segment. Where we talk about something. Sometimes controversial or a hot topic, something like that too. Um, but for this one, I'm curious too. Uh, it's maybe not as such a hot topic, but we are curious on your your thoughts on this. Um, is there something that you would want to see differently about PvP for the future? Uh, and if so, what would that be? Whether it's a mechanics thing or how the game's played or the different formats, um, etc. Uh, I can like basically it's. Uh, the matter is like oh open great like now and even for the vgc they like ban certain pokemon that they feel like is 
are just overpowered like as they do in some pretty open uh self matters too so i can definitely see that like say ben the top 10 most used pokemon in the last year ben altaria registeel and all these strong pokemon so people just have to rethink and adapt which they like uh, tend to not do in vgc like mid 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 the season but like yeah like after every season i can imagine that can happen pretty well and yeah i think uh, i was also thinking with a friend about like G- gbl going into like a fun like uh not the gbl we have but like the possibility to play like show six in at gbl it doesn't have to be like ranked but and of course it will just take a lot more t- uh, time and it also sucks then to be best of one or like you have so much preparation time and all that stuff that you need for for like best of three show six matchups that's that are more than like just the gbl random three minute battle or something like that mm-hmm. but i can definitely have like like we see gbl going a little bit more into the sylph uh um like in the way that Sylph plays with all that theme cup, Halloween cup, Psychic cup, and stuff like that, and yeah, maybe they maybe they also adapt there. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty wild too. Or maybe like every regional is like a different kind of small format, right? Which could be interesting because it makes the preparation for them uh, well a little bit more intensive, right? Because you have to prepare for a specific tournament rather than just for the whole season. I'm sure there's some you know, planning for it just as you see Metishus and Great League, but um, it would be cool to see, you know, maybe some other, uh, some other more unique uh, ways of playing it. So um, if anyone's listening from Play Pokemon, we're at the Pokemon company. <laughs> so the world champion has spoken. <laughs> what I at least heard for, for their format from like the guys from Play Pokemon is that they are like thinking of, um, uh, changing the format um, of how the how the people who qualify for worlds are chosen. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with how VGC works, but I think there's like a point system mm-hmm. where if you like finish uh, fourth or top eight or even third, like multiple times, but barely miss out on on the uh, on the top two spots. And we had that, for example, with, with Vani um, in in this season. Like he played in. Lil and he got third. He played in Bremen and got top six. And he also played the last chance qualifier and got even got second mm-hmm. or third. No, second, I think. And yeah, he was basically away one spot every single time, which was really sad for him because he's a top battler and probably should have been at Worlds also. But yeah, basically, with his if he like keeps up this performance and they like introduce a point system, he he would also like get a, a get the invites for worlds just by like playing consistently well at multiple regionals, yeah. which is also yeah what I'd like to see uh, sometimes for for some of the regionals. No, that's a that's a really great point too, um, and I believe for. Uh, I think for TCG as well, I know for VGC for sure, it's also a Swiss format too. So it's not double elimination. Yeah. Um, so typically speaking, and for those that played Sylph, you, you know, a lot of people playing Sylph will know that too. Uh, but Swiss formats typically are a little bit more forgiving. You could lose one or two and still make it into like day number two or finish off really well too. Whereas here, you know, if you go down one, even one match, you're going to be like Robin playing like, you know, 200 battles instead of in the winner's finals person might only play like 10, right, in comparison. Okay. So, like, I can understand why they do it differently for Pokemon Go just because, like, the round timer is set for 45 minutes at VGC mm-hmm. and, like, 60 minutes, I think, for, for TCG. And basically, you, you can, like, always expect the games to be done by that. But, like, Pokemon Go, you have infinite time basically infinite time thinking about your lineups maybe there's also like an issue with the phone that we don't hope for but like some some matchups are done within 15 minutes and some matchups take like a whole hour and there there would be like a lot of waiting time if they do like swiss rounds for a pokemon even though i love it like for someone to lose the first two rounds and then just needing to win like five more battles to to get in the top eight or something like that 
yeah. instead of like winning nine battles and then still not being there or something like that. No, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, we'll see how, how the formats develop or not. I mean, we haven't really had official word to my knowledge on how the invites will go out this year, but my guess is it will be a similar format of this like yeah, this past I think year. so too. Yeah, so un unless things change drastically, because I feel like if they do do the championship points format like VGC and TCG, we probably would be aware of it by now because it does impact travel plans and stuff. But who knows? I I, I guess we'll we'll really know after this upcoming weekend. Um, but definitely, yeah. No, it's uh, it could be a little different, but um, yeah, that's good. We'll definitely see kind of how that goes too. Um, but. You know, I, I, I remember seeing maybe on Twitter you mentioned uh, some plans for a future, maybe some content creation, maybe some streaming. Is that still in the works or uh, maybe you've already done it? I just missed out on your first stream already. Uh, it, it's not done yet, but okay. I'm definitely simp uh, thinking about it. I still need like a little bit better of equipment. Like uh, my stuff is a little bit too old and not working well. And yeah, basically before Worlds, um, I had like no time thinking about such stuff, but it's better now and yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it and i'm pretty sure i will gonna do it and yeah how and when uh i'm not too sure yet but it will be soon and i think you'll notice <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure yeah you're i'm sure that tweet will trend the first the first uh stream from the world champion but um that's awesome and you mentioned that um you'll be competing for this upcoming year uh in, in at least some of the tournaments, correct? That's also what my plan was. Like, I still have to check with my work and that mm -hmm. um, I'm, like, starting at the mid of October. I sadly wasn't able to go to Bilbao. It was just a little bit too short of a time. But, yeah, I'll definitely be at the two German ones, mm -hmm. which are, like, pretty, pretty near to me, like, three hours or something like that at maximum. And... You're also trying for to go to like the one in the Netherlands, and yeah, maybe to the Polish one or something like that. And yeah, of course, like if I even if I even can't make it, I'm like the definitely following the stream and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'm sure people are excited to see you back on the big stage, even if you're a qualified for Japan. You know, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> getting yeah, a that's like also what I asked them if I like take someone's invite just by be uh, just by like getting second or first. But they told me like uh, I don't have to worry about that. It it will just then transfer to the third or the fourth place oh, if good. Yeah, if there's great. like so that's why even qualified people can still like play multiple tournaments and. We saw that, like, from from Frika and in, in who like got second in EOS. He even got the travel award and still and still went to Bremen just because it was pretty near to him and he like wanted the experience. And I think he got fifth or seventh there, mm -hmm. and he still did great. But yeah, even if he won, like, uh, it just would have passed the passed to the next to the second next place. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good to know. I mean, I'd be cool either way. You know, if you can't. If you can't be the world champion, you know, in maybe Germany, it's it's not it's not looking so good in Japan, right? But luck, luckily, Pokemon goes, uh, Pokemon company is giving you a second option in Japan. So yeah, we'll see. That's awesome. Um, do you have any other questions you want to ask, Speedy? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like we, we covered a lot of things. Um, I'm curious, Rob, like uh, in your opportunities that you've had to speak about Worlds and, comp and competitive Pokemon Go, is there anything else that you want people to know about you or about your opinions or about uh, what you would like to see in the future? I'm pretty fun. I'm pretty sure you'll hear about my opinions in some way or another. And I also did like an interview with uh, Daniel Zineria already, which will okay. be out in a few days. So yeah, basically I'm fine and like would take this opportunity just to tell everyone that it's like never too late to start. And I also have like some, some friends uh, uh, from university who, who also like quite locally and they aren't like too sure if they want to like, like they're playing GBL, but aren't always too satisfied. They, they like reach legend ones and are thinking about what will be my next goal. And now they have like a regionals, like basically all of everyone has like some regional at least pretty near to to you that's like how they are distributed 
so yeah, I just told them I'm gonna pick y'all up in December and we just go there to the regional for the experience. And like, even if you lose, <laughs> uh, like I can show you how show six works. Like if if you play GBL, the show six format might be a diff might be a little uh, difficult and different for you. But we see we see it from players like it's Axon who was like playing GBL and wasn't familiar with the um, show six format, but then he even won the NAIC, I think. And he mm -hmm. got like seventh in the worlds also. He was like a crazy battler, even though he wasn't like familiar with with playing the show six format. And yeah, I'm basically like convincing everyone just to like try it out and keep up uh, the community. And yeah, that's what I also want for the people out there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, getting more players in the game is definitely definitely a great goal i think that a lot of players have and i think you went a long ways towards it because uh, i don't know if you you saw the streams or heard anything about it but we had we peaked at almost forty thousand live audience uh at once that. too and, crazy yeah so there's a lot of people tuning in um to that stream i know a lot of my friends that don't they, they play pokemon go or they used to play pokemon go but um, they started picking up Go Battle League while watching you and many the other competitors at Worlds um, compete yeah. against stuff too. And they're like, "Oh, I want to give this a shot too." So um, <laughs> it's uh, you know inspiring people to to play the game more, which is always great to see. Yeah, that's one I want to see for the future. Mm -hmm. Like it, it sucks a little that they are like combining the divisions just because then it feels like. Sometimes it feels like, yeah, it's not so popular that you need to have like two divisions. But actually, I, I like your point that like the, the skill difference isn't that big. Like that's, that's like similar to like indifference to like VGC or TCG. It's just that like Pokemon Go can still be a great format. It is a great format. And even combined, we can like, I think we saw it at Baltimore. They, they are like, reached the maximum capacity like in a few minutes even <laughs> and yeah, yeah like basically there were a lot of people who want to go there also at the last chance qualifier london we reached the full maximum of 128 players and there's like lots of people who want to do it and basically everyone can get the chance to do so yeah no i i, I totally agree with you and i think you know even though they combine it all into one division. Uh, my hope is, as they see continual participation from people from Pokemon Go, like in Baltimore or last chance qualifiers. Um, I know NAIC also filled out capacity as well. Like uh, they'll they'll slowly or or maybe quickly start increasing the capacity for these tournaments, which would be really cool. That's what uh, I hope to. Yeah, and you know, because I know. For Pokemon Go, it's always a two-day event for the tournaments. Uh, Worlds was different because we had a last chance qualifier, so we technically had a third day of mm -hmm. you know tournaments. But typically speaking, the actual tournament is only two days. Uh, but I know for VGC and TCG, um, for at least the internationals, uh, they and, and Worlds, they are they are three-day events um, because uh, they have you know the initial bracket and then like a top eight, top twelve, or or something on day two, cut, and yeah. then. Yeah. And then they had the yeah. fi grand finals on the last day. Yeah, um, TCG at UIC basically had like over a thousand players who yeah. like wanted to compete there, and like it's a bit like it's a little bit more difficult for the organizers because they have to pick like double or triple the amount of phones and stuff like that. But it they they should increase if should increase it if it stays as popular as as it is now, and as I hope it will still increase. Yeah, yeah, especially um because they won't have VGC for the remainder of this uh, calendar year too. So uh, theoretically, exactly. there should be more spots if they give it to TCG. I get it, but hopefully we'll get more to Pokemon Go so um as well. But um but yeah, no, awesome to hear. Um, where can people find you, uh, Dancing Rob? Um, either on Twitter or if you already have a Twitch and stuff that people can start following, uh, definitely feel free to yeah. plug that as well. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter for sure at Rob Dancing. It is, and also on Discord. I'm in basically all the main servers, and yeah, I'm. I already have like a Twitch viewer account, which is simply Dancing Rob, and which I also want to use for for streaming. But 
there's nothing yet on it, but yeah, definitely check it out as as soon as as I started. Yeah. Well, the good news for everyone is even if there isn't any vods or streams on there yet, you can be sure to give a follow still on that <laughs> Twitch account so that when it happens, you'll be notified. But yeah, thank you again for taking the time and joining us and you know sharing insights and your journey through Pokemon Go and becoming the world's ever first Pokemon Go PvP world champion, which is a title that no one can ever take from you. And yeah. do do we see a repeat coming in 2023? Who knows? But it seems like Dancing Rob will be yeah. there. So uh if you're also going, try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're also going, definitely be ready. Um I, I will say too, I saw on Twitter that you your one of your favorite Pokemon is the Axew family line, right? For Pokemon Go, at it least. Is. And um, you're looking for the Lucky Hundo. Maybe even a Shundo. A Lucky Shundo, too. So, uh, for anyone out there that has a lot of Axews, save them for Dancing Rob when you when you meet him. Because uh, we, we want to see <laughs> yeah. that family oh, That would be perfect. Be made out. <laughs> yeah. That's the only part of the game where I'm not lucky so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got we to complete that, too. Um, but anyway... Thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone that listened. And thank you again, Rob, for being a part of this uh, special podcast, too. Um, I'm sure we'll have some amazing guests in the future, but this is definitely a special one. Um, it seems like Daniel Zanier is on, on the same page here, too. So mm-hmm. I, I see I see where you're going with this, Daniel. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyway, hope you have a great rest of your day slash evening. And we will catch you in the next Bowcast podcast.